0: Our freedoms are under attack, and the Saving America Conference couldn't have come at a better time. This is the Rucker Report on the GK Podcast Network, and I'm your humble host, J.D. Rucker, talking today about the Saving America Conference, which is the launching point for the American conservative movement. I wanted to give a little background before the conference, which is April 18th, that's this Saturday, On Facebook Live, you can go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash American Conservatism. You can go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com and get more details. You can always look through my tweets. I have plenty of tweets about it. Twitter, at J.D. Rucker, or one of the co-founders of the American Conservative Movement and the driving force behind this conference, Mr. Jeff Dornick, who's also obviously behind the Gatekeepers Online, the GK Podcast network. So that's where you're watching this. So you're probably very well familiar with him. You might not be as familiar with me. And more importantly, you might not know a whole lot about this conference or the movement behind it. Let's start with the movement first. Back in 2009, I was, I wouldn't say I was apolitical, but I wasn't very concerned about it. I just moved out to California a couple of years before, took on a nice corporate job, had, had the good life, so to speak in Southern California. I was in a nice conservative area, uh, things were great, you know. nothing to worry about, nothing to see here, uh, except things were getting bad on the political front. We had the most radical president of our time of any time, President Barack Obama, was in the White House, and he had, bolstering him on Capitol Hill, the most radical (laughs) congressmen and senators in our history, this batch that was uh, going to eventually put out Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, as well as attempt to put out some other very radical, very aggressive leftist policies, they were they were on the move. 2009, they had control. And so the need to fight back was there and very apparent. I had several meetings with some prominent conservatives who I believed would be able to help to build the American conservative movement. But something happened. And it's ironic that uh, one of the guests at the Saving America conference will be Michael Johns, because he represents what happened uh, back in 2009. He was one of the co-founders of the Tea Party. And as we were meeting, we started seeing this Tea Party thing popping up and realized, "Wow, okay, that's it. This is, they're basically doing what we wanted to do. So there's no need. Let's, let's put the American conservative movement on a shelf for now. Fast forward to 2018 and the midterm elections, and things were different you know nothing against the tea party i know there are challenges there with from an organizational perspective i know that that the foundation and the heart of the movement is still there it's just not organized at this stage and so that brings us to the need to revisit these old ideas the old these old concepts of promoting conservatism across america which is why i started looking into the forming the american conservative movement but the people weren't there, and I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about Patriots who are watching this or Patriots across the country. There were plenty of conservatives there, but this isn't the type of thing that you do alone. And so, I went out and sought people to assist, and that that uh, that search lasted until about three or four weeks ago, when uh, when the people popped into the right place. But I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. One of the things that I did during this this I guess planning stage from from mid 2018 until just a few weeks ago was explore and learn as much as I could research what was happening out there, not just in politics. You know, I think we all, uh, those of us who who are conservatives, who are uh, very politically minded, who keep an eye on what's happening in D.C. at our local city halls, the people who probably can name name their their congressmen and their their state representatives. Uh, and hopefully their mayor, at the very least, these are the people that uh, that are out there, but the organization to drive them was not. You know, we've we've seen some good ones. I mean, you look at you look at Project Veritas and the amazing work that they're doing, going undercover and and exposing progressivism for what it is. You see uh, Judicial Watch. What Tom Fitton and his outfit have done is uh, nothing short of. Of outstanding. I mean, they've gone through using the Freedom of Information Act and lawsuits and, and all of the legal means possible to, again, expose, expose leftism for what it is and uncover the corruption that is rampant, not just in D.C., but across the country. In, in politics, at almost every level, there is corruption, and it needs to be exposed. But then there were other groups. And I would say, yeah, this may sound harsh, but I would say the majority of conservative groups out there today are not effective. They may mean well, don't get me wrong, I don't think that their ideology is necessarily off, but there seems to be a focus on growth. And I'm not talking about growth of conservatism across America, I'm talking about growth of these various groups and organizations. Uh, There's a huge focus on fundraising, but there's not necessarily a huge focus on taking those funds and making major changes in America. I'm not going to, to sit here and rip on other conservative organizations, okay? I just want it understood that, that my first instinct is and always will be to help what's already built. Part of the the very premise of conservatism is to take what works and roll with it. The problem is, over two years of researching this, I didn't find anything that was really truly working. Again, there's there are those organizations that are very effective, uh, but they're usually they have a niche. You know, Project Veritas, wonderful. At, at undercover videos, nobody can do it better. Okay, nobody can do it better than what they have been able to accomplish in in their years of, of service to the American people. And uh, again, Judicial Watch, they do great. There's plenty of of good and bad pro-life groups. There's plenty of good and bad pro-second amendment groups. And uh, again, I don't want to say that there's groups out there that are bad as in their motives are, are bad. It's just they're not effective. They're not promoting conservatism in a manner that is making an impact. You know, they're good at putting out messages, perhaps they're good at putting out memes or getting people riled up on Twitter. That's great. That's necessary. You know, there needs to be some component of that involved in any proper movement because in this day and age in 2020, technology is where it's at. And as a lot of us are learning thanks to the coronavirus, technology is pretty much all we've got as far as communicating with the outside world. Um, I, I, well, I'm not going to get into a story about my grocery store run today. We'll save that for when we have more time. The need for a movement, a conservative movement, has always been there and will always be there even when we're up and running and, and big and everything is is hunky dory and and we're uh, we're hitting the streets taking action uh, there's still going to be a need for localized movements there's going to be a need for for even worldwide movements and I'm not talking about glo- globalist conservatism I'm talking about the type of international conservatism that will fight against globalism it's not a fight that we can Win just here in the United States. We need to make sure that uh, that other countries are also becoming as self-reliant as possible. Not looking to the United States for for all of their their needs. Not turning to the United Nations to to rule over them. We need we need globalism to be eradicated and uh, across the board. So you know there will be that need as well. But our focus is one that is going to be much more what's the word for it, Um, action-driven here in the United States. We want to be able to find authoritarianism as it's rising and quash it. And we want to be able to find authoritarianism when it's already in place. This is an easy video to make because right now we are seeing it. There was never a time in recent American history when such blatant attacks on our freedoms were happening widespread in many cities and states across this wonderful nation. What's happened? Well, the coronavirus happened, and it has become a, a smokescreen. And in many ways, it has become a test of Americans, you know, a test of these policies, these radical progressive policies, this hyper leftist bent towards making sure that they are setting policies that... Put us to the test. Are we willing to accept them? That's the question. And in many cases, we're failing. You know, I'm not going to debate the efficacy of social distancing. I, I believe in social distancing, and I'm not even going to debate whether or not it should be a recommendation or a mandate, because I know that there are you know tried and true conservatives out there who still believe. You know what? yeah, I know that this whole big government mandate thing is bad and and what they're doing is bad, but I'm kind of scared of the coronavirus. I'm not going to blame people for that, okay? Okay. I'm not going to to hold that over you. These are extreme circumstances, and there's no need for us to make enemies within the conservative movement based on nuances of a perspective pertaining to a virus that most people know very little about. We do know that it spreads quickly. We do know that it can kill people. We do know that it affects mostly uh, those with pre-existing conditions, with, uh, with, what is it, uh... Uh, pre-morbidities or whatever the the technical phrase is, and we know that it mostly affects older people. But we also know that spreading it at any means, people will go out there and say, hey, you know, I I don't have any contact with old people. Okay, but do you have contact with young people who might have contact with older people? You know, those arguments, I'm not buying it. So I am a big fan of social distancing. I'm personally not a fan at all of mandated social distancing. I think that it's something that we as Americans, we must be self-reliant in this regard, and we must take responsibility for our own actions. Ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Whose responsibility is it? Is it the government's? No, they have certain responsibilities. They do need to make sure that that the right infrastructure is there and that private industry working with government can help to get more masks, to get ventilators, to get tests, to get all these things out there. That's, that's fine. That's a role the government must play. But as far as telling us that we can't play t-ball, with our kids in the park and that we're going to get arrested if we're not wearing masks before we get on the subway look the coronavirus is scary because as the president always says it is an invisible enemy and nobody likes invisible enemies i am still scarred maybe not for life but scarred for now from an incident that happened a couple of years ago where i put my shoes on and was bitten by a uh, a brown recluse spider My foot swelled up. Um, (laughs) It was not, not fun. Since then, I have always checked my shoes before putting them on. So, yeah, I mean, invisible enemies can be terrifying. But they should not be debilitating. And most importantly, the presence of an enemy like the coronavirus is not grounds for the suspension of the Constitution. We still have rights. We do have rights of assembly, rights of religion, we need to be able to worship religion any way we we please as long as it doesn't break other other laws. You know, I'm not a big fan of saying, "Oh, you know, there's you have to honor religious rights no matter what because there's certain religions that demand human sacrifices. There's certain religions that demand dog sacrifices, whatever, goat sacrifices, I don't know. Um, there are limits to freedom of religion, but it should not be such so limited that people are not allowed to drive to their church and listen to an easter sermon from the safety of their car you know the coronavirus does not as far as we know travel through glass or metal maybe they know something we don't maybe these very progressive hyper leftists are just better informed than we are i don't think so i think that this is as i said earlier a test it's a test of our resolve it's a test of our determination to fight for our rights it's across the board so many americans are failing we are we are complying we are obeying and while that's that's good and dandy under most circumstances we still have our own obligations to defend the constitution and part of that means getting out there and and participating in some good old civil disobedience as i'm making this video yesterday was the uh, Operation Lockdown in Lansing, Michigan, where thousands and thousands of people hopped in their cars against, the, against Governor Gretchen Whitmer's executive order to lock down everything because of snow or whatever. Uh, <laughs> her, her reasoning was, was flawed, and, and the policy itself was very flawed, and she's auditioning for, for vice president, so you know, it is what it is. But patriots reacted. American citizens responded in force. Um, and this is the type of organizing of, at the grassroots level that the American conservative movement wants to do. And I'm very pr- proud and pleased to be participating in it. I'd said that it was uh, in research mode. It wasn't just looking at you know, these various positive and negative, you know, effective and ineffective conservative groups. I also took a look at uh, the Tea Party you know what happened i called a handful of people that i knew were uh, were early participants in K, in some cases founders of the Tea Party and i f- flat out asked them what happened what went wrong what could have been avoided in other words why was the Tea Party essentially the most powerful uh, driving force behind the red waves of 2010 and 2014 the Tea Party was was very effective they got people like dave bratt and tim Hills uh, Camp and uh, Ted Cruz and Tim Scott got them into office and that was great. But then come 2018 or 2016, actually, Hills uh, Camp got, got beaten. And then uh, Dave Brat lost in 2018. And now all of a sudden there are no quote unquote Tea Party candidates what went wrong. And that's what I was asking. And generally speaking, you know, the movement is still alive. It's not, it's still strong. There's still a whole lot of people that are involved with it. The problem is that it's splintered you know and uh and there were a few other things but we learned from them when we're as we're putting this together we wanted to learn from from what they what they did right what they uh, made mistakes on and how we can do better not just from a from an excitement perspective they did fine especially with the early excitement but on the longevity on the durability perspective we need this movement to be long lasting and effective indefinitely, because even after the coronavirus is over, even uh, even after the twenty twenty election is over, there's always going to be a need to push back against cultural Marxism, against uh, social justice warrioring, against uh, abortion and uh, attacks on the Second Amendment, attacks on our freedom of religion. That this isn't going to end just because we're able to get the word out. Okay, it's going to be ongoing, and we need to be there ready to fight every battle. We also looked at other elements, other, other, um, I guess you could say, <laughs> for, for lack of a better word, uh, we looked at the enemy. Okay, I took a very deep dive into uh, several organizations, most notably the Justice Democrats. Uh, 2016, 2017, they didn't exist, essentially. They came out of nowhere. And... They're the reason why Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is currently a congresswoman. They're the reason why uh, Rashida Tlaib is in Congress. They're the reason why there are there's a rise in the number uh, and, and radicalness of candidates who are espousing the tenets of socialism. Uh, and sadly enough, from what I found, this might terrify some of you, uh, should terrify all of you, but socialism isn't the end goal. Okay, socialism is just a step. You know, we look at socialism and we said, "Oh my gosh, you know, let's let's pray, let's fight, make sure socialism never comes." If it comes, and the justice Democrats have their way, they're not stopping there. You can say, "Oh well, they'll go on to even further to the left to communism." Nope, that's not even the end goal. Um, from what I can tell, again, this is based on their words and their actions and their goals the long term the end game for them is so radical i don't know if there's actually a word for it there's there's not actually even a classification for what exactly they want to do um, it's new and it's it is based upon a a global society it's based on on the type of diffusion of wealth it's not about redistributing wealth it's about eliminating all wealth it's about taking it and making it non-essential. We're talking about communism to the fullest degree, something that even even Marx had no intention of pushing towards. Um, but again, I'm not, not so much worried about their ideology. The thing that really attracted them to me, as far as from a research perspective, was their their strategies, their techniques. It worked. You know, They were able to raise a decent amount of money But more importantly, they were able to find candidates who resonated. And they were able to promote those candidates. And they continue to do this today. And they will continue to do this for a long time. One can say that that Bernie Sanders' popularity and the fact that he almost won could be directly attributed to uh, many of the strategies employed by the Justice Democrats. I don't want to put them on too high of a pedestal and say that they were the reason that Bernie was going to win before the DNC stepped in. But that's not far from the truth. Uh, They did do some pretty effective things in their time, and and they almost pulled it off. But but the DNC, the Democratic establishment, wasn't going to have it. So now we'll see what happens with the Justice Democrats. The worst thing that could happen for them is if Joe Biden or whichever candidate the DNC gets ends up winning. But I digress. One of the things that they did that I really enjoyed um, from a strategy perspective is that they took the... They took the... uh, the standard political game plan, uh, or sorry, playbook, and they threw it out the door. They threw it out the window, they threw it in the chimney, wherever. They threw it somewhere. And they went after civilians. They went after people who weren't necessarily involved in politics. Maybe maybe they were activists. I think most of them were, were very active in, uh, in politics, but not directly engaged. These weren't, they weren't finding elected officials. They were pulling from, from the core. And that's something that I believe uh, the conservative movement needs to do. And I'm not talking about the American conservative movement. I'm talking in general. Something that, that I learned from them is that you don't just necessarily take people who, uh, who have been in politics for their whole lives. You find people that are compelling, that are intelligent, that can uh, believe from an ideological perspective what the movement believes in. Um, people like Mindy Robinson, for example. Mindy will be speaking at the Saving America conference. And until just a few months ago, she was best known as, as a Hollywood actress and an activist on Twitter. She took on a whole lot of people on Twitter. Uh, criminals, pedophiles. She she helped to get people arrested. She, she did some pretty, pretty cool and amazing stuff. She moved out to Las Vegas and to Red District and watched it turn blue. And then she watched as the Republican Party in the area was unable to take it back. You know, they lost it in 2016. They couldn't take it back in 2018, and in 2020, going into 2020, it looked like they weren't really taking it seriously enough to to mount a an attack on the congressional uh, candidates there. Uh, so she decided, why not me? Why why don't I? get involved. I can't sit here and complain all day about what the politicians in my district are doing if I'm not willing to actually do something about it. And for some people, that means just getting involved from an activist perspective, getting involved with campaigns, finding good candidates, promoting people to to run. And for people like Mindy Robinson or Buzz Patterson, who's also going to be speaking at the event, um, it's a matter of, you know what, Throw my name in the hat. Let's get the goblet of fire. Let's let's uh, let's win the wizards cup or whatever. So that's what's that's what the justice democrats did. They had a a call uh, a call for people to become candidates, and that's where they found most of them. They had over ten thousand, from what I heard, uh, quote unquote applicants. You know, as a casting call, so to speak. And they interviewed them and found AOC and, and others, and they became uh, the rest is. As they say, history. So, fast forward to this event, Saturday, April nineteenth. Sorry, April eighteenth. I keep saying nineteenth. I have April nineteenth stuck in my head. Uh, Oklahoma City bombing. Um, <clears throat> April eighteenth. This Saturday, we are having our first ever Saving America conference. It will be on Facebook Live, and I know a lot of people will say, "Well, I hate Facebook." You know, I do too you look at my Facebook profile, you'll see that I very rarely, if ever, use it. Um, I'm not a big fan, but we wanted a few things to happen. Number one, we wanted this to be free. We wanted people to be able to watch the event and uh, participate, sending questions to the speakers. We wanted to be able to make sure that in this time of social distancing and and stay-at-home orders that nobody was excluded because of proximity to an event. So holding a live event was going to be out of the question. We wanted to make sure that we could capture it for the future because we want to have these saving america conferences not every year not every two years not every six months we want to have have them every few weeks you know i'm talking literally three to five weeks between each conference because that is where we are as a nation that is where we are as a conservative movement we can't sit around and wait until next year to have the next batch of speakers we can't sit around and hope that somebody else is going to do something. We need to act. The American conservative movement has and will always have the philosophy of, we're not here to make a statement. We're here to make an impact. And it's not just on politics. It's about culture. It's about religion. We need to make sure that appropriate American conservatism is what is Essentially making the rules, setting the policies, because we know that, that our hand is steady. I'm not talking about ours is in the movement or the conference. I'm saying in general, when you have conservatives, true conservatives in charge, whether it's at a a city or a state or or the nation, when you have conservatives in charge, their tendency to err on the side of less government, their desire to reduce government expenditures, to reduce taxes, to put more, more not only power, but also responsibility into the hands of the people. This is what will make America great. It always has, and it always will. There may come a time in the future where we have to fight uh, a different type of authoritarianism. We don't know what's going to happen. But at least based upon the way that America is situated today, we know that conservatism works. It always has, and hopefully it always will. I am very pleased to talk about the the genesis of this, and I'll, I'll keep it brief because we're running out of time, but I think it's important to note that when I first got onto a call with Jeff Dordick, the, uh, the person who is putting on this event, as far as from a logistics perspective, the person who is co-founding the American Conservative Movement with me, the person who who introduced me to pastors uh, Sam Jones and Ken Peters, um, it was—I hate to say—miraculous because I don't throw the word around very lightly. But uh, let's just say things came together exactly when they were supposed to in the exact way that i could never have imagined you know if i was looking for an ideal situation after after over 10 years of contemplating planning researching um, and talking to to literally hundreds of people about this concept of the american conservative movement if i had had tried to figure out what's the best way to make it happen wouldn't been what's actually been happening this was thrown on my lap in a way that i'd say it um that i cannot explain you know could be divine i don't want to attribute attribute divinity to anything um because i'm a man i don't know whether it was or not but by golly it sure sure is compelling to to see everything coming together so this saturday april 18th on our facebook page American conservative <clears throat> American conservatism facebook.com slash American conservatism you will be able to watch this the event starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time so noon on the east coast and it will be going on for eight nine. Hours or so. Yes, that's it's going to be a, a long conference, but thankfully, you'll be able to watch it from the comfort of your own home. Take whatever breakfast breaks you need. We'll have breaks for lunch, for for snacks. We'll have breaks even for dinner. Yes, it's going to go that long, but it's important that we get what we need out there. The speakers are going to be incredible. I, I'm amazed that this went from concept three weeks ago to to getting the speakers that we were able to get in such a short short notice. Um, Again, blessing Absolutely blessing Uh, I mentioned Michael Johns I mentioned uh, Mindy Robinson And there's also going to be Trevor Loudon If you you want to uh, Look him up, the guy is Brilliant, and he's definitely Definitely all about defending our freedoms Uh, Pastor Greg Locke uh, This guy has No problem with controversy He has no problem with expressing His deep soul felt love for america we need a lot more than that you know today we have a uh, a leftist movement you know our the counter movement to what we're trying to do that i mean legitimately if you look just at their actions and their words they hate america i mean I, I hate to say it but that's they hate what america is today they i don't think they they hate america as a nation they hate our history and they hate our present and the only way that they wouldn't hate our future is if they got their wish, which is to completely deconstruct and then attempt to reconstruct America in the image of, of Karl Marx or whoever, uh, somebody somebody bad, okay? <laughs> they want to resurrect Fidel Castro and put him in charge, put him in the White House. I don't know. I, I hate to say it. I have no idea exactly what they have planned and what they would do if they had the power. All I know... So we have to prevent it. The first step to that is this Saturday, the Saving America Conference. The second or concurrent step is joining the American Conservative Movement. We want to be doing the things that we don't just be holding conferences and that's all we do. We want to get out there into the street. We need to get out there into the street. We need to be out there driving to Lansing. We need to be out there um, you know, participating in civil disobedience. It's something that I don't think should be done on a regular basis. It shouldn't have to be done very, very often at all. But as the coronavirus has demonstrated, or I should say the reaction to the coronavirus has demonstrated, um, little old civil disobedience isn't isn't bad and is often required from time to time. We have to remind the authoritarians that we are still in control. This is still our country. They still work for us. So anything short of that is... uh, it's wrong (laughs) it's unconstitutional Um, and then if you had to have a a third step it would be to spread the word about us you can follow us on twitter at amconmovement again you can go to our website everything is there our youtube channel our instagram page we put articles up several times a week Uh, that's (sighs) americanconservativemovement.com I hope I see you guys on Saturday I really do spread the word Tell it, Tell your friends and family. It's not like you're going to be going anywhere on Saturday, lately, right? I am your humble host, J.D. Rucker, and this was The Rucker Report. God bless you.